This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Welcome to the podcast Secrets of the North, a podcast about true crime in Northern BC. I'm your host, Emily Gallen. And I'm the co-host, Spencer Hall. Our podcast may contain mature content, and it usually does. So listener discretion is, of course, advised. Spencer, I miss you. I miss you too. It's I been know. a while since we've sat down and, and chatted. It's almost been so long that we forgot to do it. Some yeah. Would, some would say. <laughs> some um, would say. Our editor would say that editor greg (laughs) greg armstrong yeah he'd he'd be like hey guys when are you gonna and we'd be like oh Oh, yeah that podcast we have Mm, okay cool 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 yep um but we're here greg thank you uh and um you know we have some really exciting updates to to chat about we do the first one is that we have five thousand downloads that's crazy yeah that's amazing when we started this do you remember us trying to record the first episode for those who don't know, I don't know if we really touched on it in the first episode. Um, we had to record it, what is it, four times? Probably more than that. Because we, we were trying to use Audacity, which had the audacity of not recording. So it was fun. Uh, we had a great time. Yeah, don't use Audacity. Uh, the Audacity. Just kidding. Um, I see that you've listed in the updates that we're telling people I'm Jewish. Yeah, I just wanted people to know. Okay, um, I'm Jewish, guys. Uh, <laughs> literally wearing a Star of David right now. Um it's actually really funny that you put that in the notes because I had somebody reach out from uh, JQT Vancouver. Um, okay. But essentially, what, they're doing something really cool uh, where if you're a queer Jew, we don't have a lot of history on you. Um, so what they're doing is they're talking to uh, trans and queer Jews of varying ages, and okay. they're trying to be uh, in, in British Columbia to get like an oral history project that they're Love going it. to be unveiling soon. So that was really exciting, and it was so funny because it was actually my voice teacher that I had back in the Okanagan that reached out and was like, hey, well, I have somebody that may want to talk to you, and I was like, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> my back also hurts. That's another update that Emily likes to list our updates, like, because we always have, like, a Google Doc that we follow, so we don't, because I have ADHD, and Emily is just a high on her own supply, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so we have a little... Just here's a here's a behind the scenes behind of, the scenes of with secrets of the north. We're divulging all of our secrets Uh-oh. of the north. But anyway, uh, the updates are five thousand downloads. You are Jewish. My back hurts, and now I'm going to talk to you about a serious serious thing. Okay. So, um, as we know, our grandma, our grandmother, uh, she is she? going. Uh, she's doing well. She's currently in Prince George, uh, getting uh, radiation treatment. Yes. Um. So it's it, she's going to be okay. Good. Uh, prognosis is looking really good. But uh, she's actually staying in the Cancer Lodge, uh, the Cordoban Lodge in Prince George, which is actually where a lot of northern residents go for treatment, including those in Fort St. John. I was okay. speaking with the people who run Cordoban Lodge, and they said they see at least 50 to 100 Fort St. John residents every year. That's, I mean, it's so sad because... It's a lot of cancer, right? Yeah. Um, but what's amazing about it is that they're very affordable because there have been so many people who have raised money for them. So my grandma is being fed like literally she'll like list off the things that they're feeding her and it's just like top tier gourmet shit. Um and um they get like laundry service and like rooms and it's all 3150 a night. Oh my god. Right? 
I mean, uh, and as you should, you have got cancer. No, absolutely, but it's like so... I will wipe your bum for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know if that's what's happening, but I will definitely um, wipe your grand our grandmother's bum oh, okay. if she needs it. If she with consent. Okay. okay. Um, I don't know how she's going to feel about that, but essentially, what that has made me do is uh, I did participate in Dry February, where I did not drink. I did not I'm get so a proud. single donation, oh, uh, but that's fine. Oh, you should share it um, with me. I'll put it on uh, our Instagram. Well, we should have, but we didn't. Uh, yeah. It's over. Oh, but it's over. what I'm doing is I'm going to actually stop drinking uh, again within the next month. And then I'm actually going to stay sober until I raise my amount that I want. Okay. Well, then I will donate. Okay. Um, I haven't. We haven't decided I need to talk with, with the Lodge, but I do want to let you guys know that that is something that I want to be doing or that I will be doing yeah. uh, and, and stay uh, updated. Or I will keep you updated on that. Uh, more awesome. details to follow. Mm. This is a really great segue into our next our, our next little part that we actually had to skip last episode, so I'm excited. I'm very excited as well. I mean, not that I've already sampled anything that no. we're about to sample in not, this sampling corner. Not at all. So I'm going to let you take it away. All right. Well, we are going to take you now to Wine Corner. So for those who don't know, we were sponsored by Northern Lights Estate Winery, which is a fantastic winery that is located right here in Northern BC. Uh, they make fruit wine. Uh, and right now we are drinking their honeyberry blend. It is a honeyberry raspberry wine. It's mm. dark, rich, fruity, which is like my type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honeyberry or huskap. That's what oh. it is. Huskap. It's like a berry that I didn't even know existed. That now I just found out it has a second name. So thank you for elevating me, Northern Lakes Estate Winery. Uh, but anyway, it is the part of the honeysuckle family. Uh, and it's blended with northern raspberries, which I don't know if, like, northern raspberries are the best raspberries. I don't know if I had northern raspberries. I've had, like, some berries. Okay. I don't know what type of berries when I was in Tumblr Ridge hiking. Okay. But you don't know what berries they were, but you ate them? Well, my friend Chelsea, shout out Chelsea, she doesn't listen. She made me eat them. And I they out were that really so good. many of your friends don't listen to our Nobody podcast. Nobody listens. It's fine. <laughs> except for 5,000 of you. Yeah, Thank except for 5,000 of you who don't know me. If they knew me, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't listen. listen. Uh, they're like, we hear you enough. Um, yeah. Anyway, back on the wine. Uh, this 2021 vintage has a mouth-watering fragrance and sensationally sweet and fruity flavor that is perfect on a hot day. Today is not that day. It no. is very cold. Uh, and we live like, in the north. It's, it's always cold. And it's the first day of March. So like, you know, winter 2.0. Yeah. Um, but it pairs very well with a charcuterie spread, rich dark talk, chocolate, or fruit picked fresh from the garden. Okay, you could also use it in things. sangria, which we should have saved. And I'll have to go buy another bottle because I need me some sangria. Anyway, this is a really, really nice wine. It's the first alcohol that I've drank in a month. Uh, which is, it shouldn't, it, what bothers me, I think the most about this is that it really shouldn't, I shouldn't have noticed as much, but I definitely did. Oh, I would definitely notice. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but really good. Please go check it out. You can order online at northernlightswinery.ca. Nice. And let's do a cheers, Spencer. Grab my glass. Okay. Ooh, this Ooh. is, this is us sipping it. Hold on. You oh can my god! Definitely taste the raspberry. Oh, it's so smooth. It is. That's like one of the smoothest wines I've ever had. And it's like it says that it's sweet, but it's not like sickly. So like you no, know when you drink not. some wines where they're like it's sweet, and I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, this one's not so. It's um tart. Yes, that'd be the that'd tart. be the word I would use for this. Emily, now that we've taken care of wine corner, we've taken care of it. 
We've taken care of it. Mm-hmm. She's done. We're going to go to another corner now that we love, know and love. Oh my gosh, is this Crime Corner? It is Crime Corner. Oh, I- so on January 18th of 2023, just before 10 a.m., the Fort St. John RCMP received a report of a commercial break and enter at Mighty Peace Brewing, located oh. in the area of 102nd Street and 95th Avenue in Fort St. John. Okay, so that's my favorite place to go. Yeah, to, if I need a beer, I'm, I, I shouldn't say need a beer. If I want a beer, I go to Mighty Peace. Yeah, what um, some listeners should know if you're not from the area is it's kind of like a unique um, brewery of like a of sorts. It's a craft brewery. It? It's, it, a craft it, it's brewery. very similar go. to every other craft brewery. Yeah, it, except but it's for got it's that North Peace. Yeah, it's it's in it's uh, named after the Mighty Peace River, uh, and they do like specific. They name their beers after specific things. So like they yeah. have the Dam Wall Pilsner, oh, which is dam, like about yeah. the Sightsee Dam. Yeah, uh, and then they have like very niche. Yeah, it's it's niche for sure. It's very good beer. I do recommend if you're doing the Ale Trail. It is part of the Northern BC Ale Trail. Nice. Um. But yeah, definitely check it out. Anyway, and, this and is in the Mighty Peace Brewing commercial. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go back to the crime now. Sponsor us. They said, please. Police attended and learned suspects had made entry into the building by smashing the front door. Classic. Right? This is how you do it. You just burst in. So after reviewing the, uh, the video surveillance, it is believed that it occurred overnight at around like 1230 a.m. Four suspects, who are believed to be youth, entered the building, made their way behind the bar, and stole approximately a dozen bottles of hard liquor quickly grabbing them and stashing them in their backpacks prior to exiting the building. First off, I I would like to commend them for the forethought of bringing backpacks to put said liquor in. I mean, there was a bit of a plan here. Was there, or are they just youth and had backpacks on them already? I feel like <laughs> every time I see a... a backpack, I think about youth, which is bad because I, I use a backpack. Yeah, so I guess, like, there's a video. They uploaded a video. If you would... Oh, well, let's upload that on Instagram when we air this. We will. So after stealing heart, first off, if you're going to break into a brewery, can you at least steal beer? Oh, they didn't take any beer. No, just, they just the hard liquor. They just took the hard liquor. So like you know, uh, they're fucking running around with Pink Whitney or whatever, some uh, shit. Uh, no, I don't even think they'd have Pink Whitney there. They do. Oh, they do. Okay, yeah. I've made my coworker drink it before. Uh, it's not good. It came out, so it came, Pink Whitney actually came out when I was in radio school, and then everybody was excited because it was from a podcast, it's like Spin Chicklets or something like that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, everyone at in radio school was pumped because, like, a podcast had made an alcohol, and all the radio students had to have it. So, after stashing all the hard liquor in their backpacks, they departed on foot, walking eastbound on 95th Avenue. What, what what night was this on? This was the, I'm going to assume it's the 17th of January, just because they received the report after 10 a.m. And it was like, before, so I'm going to assume that it was the night previous. So, so January 17th. So they left. Uh, and then there's a picture of this one person walking ahead and then four people behind them walking. So okay. then the RCMP said, it is unknown if the fifth person in the photo was an additional suspect or just a passerby. Uh, likely someone knows what these youth have done and is aware that uh, that they have come into a large quantity of liquor or may have heard them brag about what they did and how they obtained it. Because you know how youth are. Mm, them youth these days. The just yapper mouths. Um, I'm actually going to kind of disagree with that. I... My instinct is telling me that this is a group of youth from town who are sort of known for this. And I don't know that they do have parental influences. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be under, say, like the ministry's care, et cetera. Oh, so you think that it's somebody in the ministry's care? 
This is a really depressing crime corner. I really yeah. thought I like this wasn't as fun as like the one we did previously where the kids were just like smoking weed because everybody like, you oh, know what yeah, I mean? But these weed. like you took it to a completely different area. Well, I don't um, think they're going to be telling a whole bunch of people at high school. I think that this is like a little group and they're kind of like probably each other's family. I pitch. See, this is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing this as um, what's, uh, what's that show called? Oh, my gosh. They made us watch this movie and read this book as teenagers. The insiders, the outsiders, the outsiders. The oh, that's that. That's a good one. The yeah, outsiders. It's like my dad's favorite book. Yeah, that's the vibes I'm getting from. You're, this. you're getting an outsiders vibe. Outsiders vibes. Oh, soda okay, pop. Well, better, better get a hold on his siblings. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me what happened after they pushed that booze in the backpack. Um. Well, off. according to the news release that I'm currently on, uh, they can uh, the Fort Saint John continue uh, RCMP continue to investigate, and we're asking folks to get in touch with them. Uh, and either calling the detachment or Crime Stoppers. So there have been, you know, a significant amount of break-ins lately in the Peace region, mainly in, like, Fort St. John, Dawson Creek area. Yeah. If you're um, a local listening to this, you're like, oh, I know the kids they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The same ones from the spray park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the spray park once, and then I found a uh, piece of graffiti that said, kill all the gays or something. It was I something like... to say Jews. Yeah, see, normally I'm used to that, but, like, yeah. it was, like, I mean, you know. You're like, ooh, double down, did ya? Well, it's kind of like, like, right now, like, with the controversy of Hogwarts Legacy, where people are, like, it's anti-Semitic and transphobic, and, like, mm-hmm. as a trans Jew, there's a lot for me to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I do not like J.K. Rowling. Uh, I don't know if I would say I don't like J.K. Rowling. She certainly doesn't like me. No, she <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dark. Oh, okay. Well, on that note, Spencer, thank you so much for the telling of um the the mighty peace breaking. I hope that they were found. Uh, as far as I can see, uh, from a quick Google search, I they were not found, as far mm-hmm. as I know. So, um, if you know some youth that were you know handing out some pink Whitney, which again was not part of the police report, it's just me mm-hmm. making a joke. But um, definitely, if you know, actually, Whitney. just generally, if you know youth that are bragging about having a lot of alcohol, maybe confiscate that. Yeah, maybe be like, hmm, why? And then... Why and how? There's some... Yeah. Yeah, and how. I don't know if I even want any of the alcohol. I'll take the the weed that was confiscated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't don't know. I don't know if I... Because, listen, any time that youth get hold a hold of alcohol, it's always the fucking nastiest shit. Like, it's always, like, like... Not to alienate any of our listeners, but like the sourpuss. Youth, how many youth do we have? Listening? Well, not the youth, Swing. but like pe- some people genuinely like this alcohol. But like Fireball, oh yeah, yeah, sourpuss. So that brings me back to my youthhood, and yeah, when we were young, and we used to go out and drink behind. Back uh, in my day, yeah, back in my day, kids, I used to go out and drink behind the train tracks, and then you stole some gnomes. Well, I did steal gnomes, but we I drove past booze. that building the other day, and I pointed out to Nick, I was like, "That's where Emily lined hey. up the gnomes," and he's like, "Oh." But we used to get like a two liter Coke bottle and pour out half and then put the other like Jack Daniels in the other half and you know, very irresponsible. You know what's irresponsible? Mm, so butts? similar. Well, no, that's you can enjoy that responsibly. Yes, what you can't can. enjoy responsibly is this new fad that I found out about uh, on TikTok. Boofing? No, no. That's you know what? We'll let you Google that. Don't do it at work, though. No, it's it's called Borg. So it stands out for Black Outrage Gallon. Black Outrage Gallon. It's a gallon of Gallon, like my last name. 
no, but like the measurement of liquid. Mm -hmm. But I'm like like a a gallon gallon of fun. So these it's like these drinks that people make in like water jugs. They're like or like a four liter like for milk. Um, It's called a Borg and it's usually made by mixing about half a gallon of water with liquor Mm -hmm. and then some sort of like vitamin supplement. So like. Oh, to make it better yeah, for like your health? like Powerade or like the Mio waters or whatever. So like, electrolytes? Yeah. So they'll bring that. They'll, they'll bring that to like a tailgate party or a backyard nice. situation. Um, and, you know, any other kind of like set, setting where you can openly drink alcohol out of a jug. Um, and then they'll just, yeah, they'll, that's what Gen Z is apparently drinking. Although I also am a little hesitant of being like, Gen Z is doing this because it's always sensationalized, whatever the younger generation is doing. It's yeah. like it's like moral panic where it's just like the youth are doing this. And then I think about all the times that I just drank like R&R in a school, like in a field somewhere. <laughs> Drinking baby duck at Kin Park. Right. Every mm-hmm. oh, baby duck. A mm-hmm. staple for, of underage drinking. Oh, some uh, Zinfandel. Zinfandel. Boons. Remember oh, that but, one? So yeah. actually. Uh, I don't know last, if that's Canadian or if that's... I don't know, but I did get it. Uh, I got the Boon Sangria as a Christmas gift from somebody at work last year. And it was like after I like blacked out at the Christmas party. That was a good time. Uh, I, I went hard and I actually, I think I still have that bottle of Boons in my fridge. Actually, Nick might have thrown it out because he's like, this has been here as long as I've lived here. Yeah, I don't think that that needs to be. I, you know, what? I think you should burn it. I don't. I don't want to upset the person who gave it to me. Tina, thank you. Thank you, Tina. Thanks, Tina. All right. Well, anyway, that was my crime corner. Don't drink responsibly. Well, okay. Drink responsibly. It's important. And And don't be a youth. Don't be a youth and drink at the same time. And also, if you have to take your alcohol and mix it in a jug (laughs) and then bring it to a party, don't do that. Mm, or do it if no. you're an adult yes if you're an adult i mean even if i was an adult i don't i don't i am an adult and i would not drink this no, i know you. better <laughs> i've done it and i've learned from it and now well, i'm telling I, you i don't know if i'd be brave enough to mix vodka and like vitamin supplements i would think that one would cancel out the other in some way i don't know how chemistry works but like i just Def, well, I don't think that's how the chemistry works with that, but you don't know. Magic. Don't. We don't know how magic works. I also do not know how magic works. Because okay. that's the whole point of magic, is yeah. that you don't explain it. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, anyway, okay. uh, you know what would be great uh, to hear from right now? Um, What? Our sponsors. Yes. Learn more about the major stories happening in Fort St. John and beyond with Moose Talks. Host Dub Craig sits down with experts and leaders in our region to provide updates on major projects that impact Northeast BC. Listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. on 100.1 Moose FM or catch up wherever you get your podcasts. Go to njxcity.ca slash moose talks for more information. Check out all of our podcasts. Go to njxcity.ca slash podcasts. Okay, Spencer, are you ready for my case? Yeah. Okay, let me take a little sip of this winery. This the the entire winery. Let me let me just drink a winery right just, now. Let me just drink a winery real quick, and then I'll sip. regale you with a story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's good. That's still so smooth. All that's right, a, that's some good winery it right is, there. It is. So today's case took place on or around August eighteenth of nineteen thirty, not far from Fort Saint John, just twenty minutes east, in a place called Cecil Lake. Cecil Lake is a rural community and was occupied by various homesteaders at the time. I would argue that it still is occupied by various homesteaders. I don't think there's been a lot of development out there in the last, like, hundred years. I agreed. Fully um, agreed. It's a lovely place, though. Have you been? 
I'm going to go on Friday. Oh, okay. It's nice. Um, it's I'm sure I've been. My One of our old coworkers, uh, or one of our old reporters, her name is Grace. Uh, she used to live out there. Her family has a farm and stuff. So um, It's a nice place. It's about where, if you've ever been to the fall fair, it's out that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's where they usually have the rodeo every year, right? Well, we have many rodeos. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're going to have to narrow it down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was trying to learn more about Cecil Lake, and I actually found a self-published book that was written in 1955. It was called Pioneer Days at Cecil Lake by Byron's Slim. And guess how much it was? I don't know, but I love that his name was Byron Slim. Oh, yeah. He's a real Slim Jim. It was $249.95 US dollars plus shipping. I mean, it's a vintage novel. What do you want? What would was you do on, if I said I on, ordered it? Did you order it? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I should have ordered it. I was it worried for your fine. I felt like your accountant just now. I was like, my God, that's a frivolous purchase. Well, I wish I had somebody who called me and was telling me that I was making it. They're like, um, do you really need to spend this at, like, you know, skajoring.com? And you're like, yes, I do. I do. Actually, that's a fun thing that I'm doing right now is I'm trying to get uh, more active with my, my dog. So we're going to go skajoring, which is essentially when you stick a harness on him and then he pulls you on skis. I respect it. Thank you. Well, it was at one of these homesteads in Cecil Lake where a young couple was found slain in their bed in what the papers called the Lonely Cabin Murders, or the Bridal Slayings. Their names were Joseph and Annie Babchuk. Oh, that's too bad. I know that, like, it's interesting how many, like, because you, there is an entire, like, sub-genre of true crime where it is just like that. Like, there was one, I cannot remember for the life of me what it the where it was or what like what the names were but it was like it happened in like germany in like around like the 1800s i think but it was like this family was like murdered in their cabin homestead and then like it was they'd never found out who did it but like the person who did it had stayed in the cabin long enough they're like people like somebody was like living in the cabin with oh, the bodies there like they're like he oh, made God. himself a sandwich and like yeah buzzfeed unsolved uh covered Ooh. it so i I'm sure I'll fact check it and we'll probably post on Instagram once I figure out what it is. But anyway, sorry to keep interrupting you. Annie and Joseph were only 27 and 34 at the time and living in a small cabin on the south end of Cecil Lake. They were newcomers to the district and were believed to be Polish. Okay. According, according to Monica Stores, the Babchucks were considered wealthy because of the amount of possessions they owned and because they were able to hire people to help clear the land. Monica Storrs was actually an author from the area, and at that time, she wrote a book about the Peace Country region. This book, I didn't check the price of, but I'm hoping it's under $500. We can only hope. We can only hope. The Riverblock News at the time read, and I quote, Mystery surrounds the death of Mr. and Mrs. Babchuck near Cecil Lake in the district of Fort St. John last week. The two bodies were discovered by a neighbor lying partially dressed on a bed in their homestead shack several weeks later. Okay, well, that's unfortunate that it was like several weeks later. Yeah. Uh, although I guess like, you know, if you're in a homestead and it's 1930s Fort St. John, it's not like, you know, someone's like, you haven't posted on Instagram for a while. I'm going to go check on you. Yeah, and to be honest, people really have it out for their home. If in every article I read, it was called the lonely cabin, the shack, the rough cabin, the desolated burrow, like literally everything I read just roast in their house. Roasted. Roasted. I mean, it was the de like during the Depression, so it kind of makes sense. Well, Maybe they were trying to hold on to that wealth 
for like when the better times come. I, I guess so. I guess apparently wealthy people back in the 30s were living in shambles. I mean, it's the same right now. It's inflation, man. Well, both Annie and Joseph, unfortunately, were found dead in their humble home from bullet wounds. The case was investigated by Sergeant Greenwood of Puskupi, Constable Norman of Rolla, and Constable Devlin of Fort St. John, and an inquest was held by Coroner Cartlin. Interesting. Yeah. So if you're definitely... Um, if you're not part of the North Peace, um, Puskupi, which I actually, A, didn't know existed before I moved here, and B, did not know how to pronounce for the longest time. Mm, I was calling it Puskupi for a while. Mm. That's, uh, please don't DM me. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and obviously, we've covered where Rala is. Uh, if, oh, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, we were dumb no? and didn't know how to use Google. It uh, wasn't Rala. That was... um um. That was Rolla. No. It no, it was, wasn't um... Rolla. It was uh, Kill Karen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Rolla, also close to Dawson Creek. Uh, apparently, I can't even, uh, I don't know. The amount, you could fill a book with the things that I don't know. Okay, you can, actually, they have several, at least. Um, but anyway, it's interesting that you see this amount of uh, working together, because I know that, like, cops, uh, like, they're kind of known to be a little bit territorial. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's an American state, like a U.S. cop thing. Maybe yeah, maybe Maybe Canada is a little bit more willing to work with you. Um, but it's interesting. And then also, yeah, so Puskupi, how far away would you say Puskupi is from Fort St. John? Just to give mm-hmm. our listeners a little bit of a, a little look. I know Dawson Creek's about 40 minutes as well. Yeah, 40, 45, 45 minutes away, maybe. That's And Rolla, if listeners, if you're ever in the area, Rolla has the most amazing pub, the Rolla pub. It's really. Oh, my gosh. You've never been to Rolla pub. Never been. We're going. We're going. OK, we're going. Um, I believe oh, it's the lady like right who now. runs <laughs> it like Patsy. So you go in there and it's like a time capsule. Oh, where there's the walls are covered in a memorabilia. Mm hmm. Make, like old, think old Mickey Mouse. Think like oh, really? all the amazing. And uh, the, I think the woman who runs it or owns it's very spiritual. It's a very interesting lady. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems on brand for for Rala. But uh, anyway, Puskupi is about an hour and five minutes away. Okay. And you may have seen it in the headlines. Uh, their mayor has sued the the I think it's the district of Puskupi several times. She also nice. made some racist comments about indigenous people and uh, compared gun laws to being treated as a Jew in the world in World War II. But but anyway, she's not the mayor anymore. Okay. Uh, although she tried to be because she actually recently her most recent thing that she was in the news for was that she sued, saying that giving cinnamon buns was buying votes or something like that. Essentially, her opponent had done some like <laughs> uh, getting in touch with people, had like a tea thing so people in the community could meet and chat with her and whatever. And that was apparently buying votes. I will not say my opinion because I am, of course, a journalist and I need to try to stay, um, I guess, objective. And I also don't really want an email from her. No, I hope that she's Great the combat. owner of Rollabub. <laughs> she's the owner. <laughs> I mean, she's but the that's, owner. It's such an interesting because like such when you go to Dawson, area. like if you go to the, the cannabis store in Dawson Creek, they yeah. have a art piece made out of cow placenta. Pardon me. Did you not know about that? No. No. So in Dawson Creek, there's an artist who has a ranch, and she found out one during calfing season one year when she threw the placenta and it landed on a lantern that it looks like stained glass. Oh, she's just like money, money maker. So no, but like that's her art. So she says like her neighbors will stop by and give her like buckets of placenta that she can use. So she actually made a piece that looks like a coffin. That it's like stained glass, but it's made out of cow placenta, and it's in Dawson Creek's cannabis store because the guy loved it so much. Do you know if people eat cow placenta? I 
don't know if they do. Sometimes, I don't. Sometimes people eat their own placenta. I do know that. Yeah. Uh, I also too. don't do that, nor do does anyone else that I know. But I mean, look, I mean, who am I to tell you what to do with your body yeah, and your placenta? You do whatever you want with if your you placenta. If you make placenta and you're like, I'm going to nom, nom down on that, I can't tell you not to. Maybe you want to take it to bed with you. Maybe you want to cuddle up with that placenta. I mean, again, maybe. that's that's kind of bordering into like maybe you need psychiatric help, but... I mean, I, I'm not here to judge. Yeah, I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm going to yuck your yum. But I am going to I am gonna depress I, you. I will talk about it on my podcast, though. Yeah. The Prince George citizen stated that both had been murdered in their sleep and were found in their bed, and that the intruder had shot into the cabin prior to breaking in. Wait, so the intruder had, like, shot and killed them before getting into the cabin? Well, not necessarily, but, but the shooter had shot into the cabin prior to breaking in, and we'll get to it. I would imagine, though, if they were found in their beds, he probably hit them. Because I would think that if I heard gunshots, I would get out of my bed. This is where it is a little bit confusing for me. And when you are researching the old cases, like we were talking about, it's hard to find those mm -hmm. pieces of information. But the Medicine Hat News recorded that the unknown assailant is said to have made his way into the isolated home and to have fired into the cabin from outside. One of the two victims had tried to escape while the shooting was occurring, but was shot to death. Interesting. Also interesting, because clearly then this this case gained some notoriety because Medicine Hat is pretty far away. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of these cases from the 1930s, the furry bandits that we talked about before, they had publications in the New York Times, Victoria, wow. Vancouver. So it did make... Um, a little splash on the headlines. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, like now we have the internet. So yeah. now, if, obviously, if we saw something from Medicine Hat, they're like, all right, well, they already reported on it. But like back then, you could just be like, ah, yes, a story. This case wouldn't be solved quickly, Spencer, and it would take the efforts of RCMP members from more than just one province. And if you're listening from the states, a province is kind of like a state. It's exactly a state. It's a state. It's a state. Um, I mean, they're bigger. Yeah. I was trying to explain. So Nick has this friend in London, and we were trying to explain. England? or Yes, London, okay. England. Um, so we were trying to explain, because obviously when you drive for like, I don't know, say six hours, you're in another country in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not in another country when you drive in Canada, and it's certainly uh, more so in America because it's huge. Like there's more people in California than there is in the entirety of Canada. Aren't we bigger than the States? We may have a bigger landmass, but that doesn't mean we have the same population. No, but we bigger is sometimes better. Um, just kidding, just kidding. We love you, American listeners. I wouldn't. Love I mean, you. I love, I love, I love everybody. I have, I mean, here I have two thousand American friends on Facebook. What a flex! I'm sorry, I I have friends in other countries. I have friends in other places, and they really love me. Well, good for you. Anyway, we were trying to explain to Toby that. Canada's big, yo. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. No, that's the Anyway. You can drive um, for 14 hours in the same province. You really can. Uh, yeah. No. Like, if you think about it, like, so when I was living in Vancouver, which I was doing until I could no longer afford it, um, uh, you know, it would take me 16 hours to drive to Terrace to see hi to my grandma. But now it only takes me nine. Nine. Um, actually, uh, at, she's in uh, Prince George until the end of March. So uh, once I can, I'm going to do a quick road trip of yeah. Prince George because it's only six hours, right? So I'm just going to. Swing by. We're gonna go for lunch. I'm gonna see my grandpa. Take fun. her for some soup. I like it. Yeah. Well, she's like, she's like, I may not have my voice, so I have this tablet that I'm gonna write on. It's essentially um, like an, uh, almost like 
not an etch a sketch, but like in the same way where she just has to like rip off a page or whatever and then it erases it and she can lay it back down and write on it. Oh, I love that. And she's like, it was $15. I was like, that's awesome. But oh. I was like, I'm glad that she still has that because my grandpa, he doesn't want to admit it, but he's like starting to lose his hearing. Like he mm. knows. And like we obviously know. But like I feel bad because my grandma's been having some throat problems and then she has to yell at him from across the house. He's like, I've been having these hearing issues since the second year of marriage. No, actually. But he... now they're legitimate. Oh, damn. Uh, no, he's actually just like, what? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh. So you were mentioning that like this was picked up by other provinces as well. So other provincial media. Yeah. And I think part of that was because the range of where the RCMP members had to go to find the assailant. Right. And also like back then, it. this was kind of around the time where they really didn't have that many RCMP members because it didn't exactly. like Fort Nelson only have like one that would like go yeah. in and like range. Yeah. So like it kind of makes sense that it did take them a while because, you know, Fort St. John, uh, not a lot of RCMP, not like now. Yeah. Well, the Toronto Star Ooh. stated that the search for who murdered the young couple, and I quote, spread from a desolate cabin on the North Pine River, 200 miles northeast of Prince George. To the province of Winnipeg. You know what I love about that sentence? Is that the even... Winnipeg? No. <laughs> even in 1930, no one knew where the fucking no. north of British Columbia was. They always say... Have, have you... I don't know if... Always I, Prince George. I'm sure our listeners from the North Peace and really northern BC know They're this. They're writing. But in our writing... They're uh, burning things down right now. Are they? Yeah, they're angry. Well, it's frustrating because it's just like, you know, people seem to like just genuinely forget that there's uh, like an entire half a province after Prince. Like Prince George yeah. is actually really considered the northern, like the, not, the central the interior. Yeah. It's the middle. So like when you say northern BC and you mean Prince George, you're wrong. I'm kind of offended. Like I kind of get offended. I, I'm like, no, no. If you're northern BC, I'm like, up. But it's so uh, funny because, like, Prince George clearly, like, throughout the years has been the landmark where everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, but, like... I think they call it the capital of northern BC. Which, why... For for one, why would well, they have Well, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and for two, they're wrong. They're wrong. Mm -hmm. Anyway, not to dunk on the, uh, the reporting of the Toronto Star, but they do have a podcast if you're interested in listening to more true crime that's Canadian. Uh, the Barry and Honey Sherman Murders. Uh, hmm. that uh, they do have a podcast going on about that. Uh, it's an interesting case uh, because they were very wealthy. Okay. Um, so they're called, it's called the Billionaire Murders. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Yeah. So as far as I know right now, it's still unsolved. And I know that there's like been some talk because I, I think exactly if I remember correctly, about. like the... The police kind of bungled, the, which is one of my favorite words. <laughs> bungled. They, they bungled the investigation. It's kind of like bunghole. I'm sure. Yeah, you're right. It does kind of remind me of that. It, you know what it reminds me of is a uh, um, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Cornholio. Yeah. Bunghole. Uh, not again. Not to compare any of those things to the things that I just said, but again, if you're interested in Canadian true crime, it's a it's worth a listen. So anyway, you said that, uh, you know, the just to get back on topic here, because you know how much I love taking us off topic. But, you know, the Toronto Star. So clearly this this murder has gained a lot of media attention. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of almost see uh, almost a little bit of sensationalism because, you know, they're talking about yeah. this like this rural cabin where you thought you'd be safe. Yes. Uh, where it's like, OK, 
yeah. so sensual sensationalism <laughs> and you know of course this was like uh a pretty like the media was pretty bad for this back in 1930 and one could argue that they're still pretty bad for it now again you can't really paint media with the same brush but that's i'll get on my off my journalist soapbox um, so there's a lot of sensationalism that's happening. Like, you know, they're like, oh, this desolate cabin, and now it's spread to the province of Winnipeg, which, okay. Winnipeg isn't a province, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to point that out. It's Manitoba. Uh, it sure is. I wonder who else didn't know this, that I'm Canadian. We, we are Canadian. Wait, hold on. Did the Toronto Star actually say the province of Winnipeg? I'm I'm going to have to fact check that later. Um, okay. Do you want to re-record it just so we have a clip of you saying the yes. province of Manitoba? Yeah. Now that I know. No, actually, you know what? Leave it in. We're leaving it. You know what? We're going to be transparent with you guys. Uh, yeah, we don't know everything. And no. to be honest, Emily is the one who does all the research. Yeah. So like she's busy. Yeah, I'm busy. I got kids. I don't. I am a kid. You are my child. Well, Spencer, my little child. The police would make an arrest just five months later. And from what I can only assume was help from the general public. Mm -hmm. With these old cases, like I was saying, it's really hard to find out just how the RCMP connects the dots. But the court documents were able to give us a little bit of an insight. Yeah, like the RCMP, I mean, historically have not been very transparent. I think that they're trying now. Mm -hmm. I think, question mark, I don't know. Um, the local RCMP here are pretty great, so yep. I will say that. But like, I go to know, the gym with one of them. Do you actually? Yeah, he's beside me on the stepper all the time. That's fine. Shout yeah. out to Stepper RCMP man. Are you gonna? You're not gonna dox him? I don't know his name. He's the stairmaster. He's the stairmaster. He's mastering those stairs. Sweats a lot on those stairs, man. He's got thighs that could break a watermelon. Yeah, he does. Oh, okay, good for him. Yeah, I was just joking. Does. I was doing a bit. And so does his wife. Damn. Yeah. All right. If power couple. Strong. Speaking of power couples. She's also RCMP. Damn. That yeah. must be such an interesting, like. She's like a like homicide. A, wow. Yeah. That's got to be an interesting dynamic. I'm a little upset I'm not dating RCMP. I mean, that's what I want to talk about all the time. You want to date an RCMP officer? I mean, you're dating a smoke jumper. What else do you want? For those who I, don't I know, whatever I a want. smoke jumper is such a flex for a career because you essentially yeah, just like parachute into a wildfire and then fight it. That's the most masculine thing I think I've ever. You just whip out your hose and you fight that fire. All right, yeah. inappropriate. Well, um, so anyway, since <laughs> just get back on track, um, there wasn't a lot of transparency, obviously, back in the day. And there's, I mean, some could argue that there's not now. Uh, RCMP, you know, they're. I mean, they are a public-facing organization, but they are also the police and don't want to give stuff away. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they these... made an arrest. You were saying? Yes, they did make an arrest. Uh, it took them about five months to make this arrest, and it was in Hythe, Alberta, of all places. So Hythe, Alberta, is about 175 kilometers from Cecil Lake, where those murders took place. Yeah, it's not that far. Uh, also, not too far. I'm just going to point out, five months later is not that bad for a murder investigation. Yeah, not bad, not bad. The man's name was Michael Sowery, and the newspapers at the time stated that Sowery was a 52-year-old married Ukrainian laborer working as a section man for the NAR and was held in Puskupi upon his arrest and would have his preliminary hearing in Fort St. John. What's the NAR? I don't know. Hold on. Let's look. Do, let's, let's, look. let's do some N investigative journalism. A so oh, we don't NAR. actually know, but here are your options. He could either have been from the New Apostolistic Reformation, the National Association of Rocketry, or Nucleic Acids Research. 
Well, I actually have a picture here of people gathering at the Peace River Station on the NAR in the 1930s when the train has the Governor General of Canada aboard. Wow. That's what I found. Okay. If you know what the NAR was back in the 30s, please let us know. Uh, We probably should have looked into it, but we didn't. Sorry. His final hearing would take place in Prince George, B.C. shortly after. Oh, you mean the, the the center of British Columbia? Pardon exactly. Me. Pardon me, Prince George. You know what? You're you're a fine city. I don't spend a lot of time in you. I should, but I don't. I also read he was part of what they called a road gang. A road gang. My virgin soul just doesn't know what that means. That makes it sound like a motorcycle gang. Well. Road gang. What it is. I'm going to Google what a road gang is. So a road gang N-A-R. is a crew of men working or building a road. So it kind of sounds like yeah. chain gang almost. Mm. But chain gang is prison prison labor. So not the same thing. Almost. Almost. If you ever want to, uh, if we want to get, you know, it was Black History Month a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of Sam Cooke? Yes. Okay. Um, well, Sinisterhood did a wonderful episode on it. Uh, again, love Sinisterhood. I love them. I listen to them while I play Stardew Valley, and it's like one of my favorite things. But uh, I also really look up to Heather because I also have adult ADHD, and like she's mm. a lawyer and like doing great things with mm. her life. And then it kind of like after I got diagnosed, it was like great. Anyway, I can talk about how much I love Sinisterhood for a very long time. But they did an episode about Sam Cooke, who actually that his death. Uh, there's a lot of questions about it because he was, you know, reportedly trying to rob a lady or whatever. But it actually was kind of found out that she kind of set him up. Uh, oh, yeah, that's for a... that. And Elvis actually commented on Sam Cooke's death, saying that it was actually because he was trying to assert his rights that the FBI or the CIA took him out. I don't remember which one. I'm not surprised. Um, but anyway, he has a lot of great songs. But Chain uh, Chain Gang is a song that he wrote uh, after watching uh, a lot of uh, black inmates and just inmates working on you know in in the chain gang. So they were chained up. But, um, yeah. you know, he, he it's essentially a song about the prison industrial complex, which he kind of almost tricked people into listening to because it's got such a good beat good. and you're not listening to the lyrics. But when you listen to the I will I make you listen learn. to the lyrics, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. um, and he has a, quite a few songs because he actually started uh, as many black singers did in the 50s and in that kind of era, range Jazz? in church. Oh, church. Okay. So, um, God, who is it? Uh Dion Warwick so actually also started singing, I believe, in church. I actually watched when I was visiting my grandparents a little while ago. We watched the the CNN documentary on Dion Warwick. Uh, and it was a really good documentary. I didn't know that she had raised so much money for uh, when the AIDS epidemic broke out. She like, she, so. Uh, funny Dion, thing about history. Funny thing about history. Uh, black people and specifically women constantly show up. Uh, so actually when the AIDS epidemic broke out there, her song, so Warwick and Whitney Houston, uh, and like, I think they covered it, but it was like Dionne Warwick, Elton John, and a few other artists, they made a a song called That's What Friends Are For. And what was amazing about it is that she didn't just donate, you know, a certain amount of money. She donated the royalty rights. So for years, this song has funded AIDS research in, in the U.S. And so... Like, you know, oh, in, the, in the documentary, they listen to it on, on vinyl and then they talk like at the like the AIDS research place that she actually ended up funding with that song. And they talked about it. And she was one of the first people to the point where President Reagan actually appointed her to be an ambassador about it. Oh, that's so cool. Anyway, I, I fully recommend listening to it. But anyway, it's interesting to hear how, you know, the the ingenuity of black artists at the time. This was a weird little aside, but mm-hmm. definitely like check it's it out. worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, uh, back to that thing that we were talking about. Back to back to Michael Sowery. The preliminary hearing was recorded by Peace River Block News and tells the tale as follows, Spencer. The first three witnesses were all bachelors and neighbors of the Babchucks. Hmm. Sowery had become known to them through a mutual friend who had known Sowery from Hythe, Alberta. Okay. They could account for his movements from August 13th to 15th, but then he had left them for Fort St. John. So he left his friends to go to Fort St. John. Mm-hmm. And in, he, oh, sorry, go ahead. In fact, they said he left with great haste. So quickly. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know what haste means, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember that the murders were thought to have occurred on or around August 18th. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty short window. Yeah. So these these bachelors are saying that, yeah, we can account for his moments um, and movements on August 13th, 15th. He left in great haste and the murders happened around the 18th. A few others had actually testified that they saw a man of Sowery's description in the area of Cecil Lake on August 18th. Oh, OK. That's a nail in the coffin for sure. Mm-hmm. Later, the neighbor who found the Babchuk's bodies testified that he, and I quote, crawled in over an unfinished gable end of the house and discovered that the trunks with locks had been forced open and some firearms were around and empty shells. Hmm. Upon lifting the bed cover, he discovered the decomposing bodies of the Babchucks. More damning evidence was brought to the court, such as... Oh, wait, hold on, sorry. Oh, yeah, bring it back. Um, So, the bed cover... Mm-hmm. What does that usually mean when the killer like covers the victims with with a blanket or whatever? Yeah, so if they're covering the victims with a blanket or a towel, as we see in like a lot of cases, it usually means there's somewhat remorse, but they want to distance themselves. They're some, like some sort. This didn't happen. Yeah, if it's someone who they care about, um, in this case, you know, it doesn't seem like that would be the case because it sounds like Sowery was kind of coming through the area and he wasn't like a long-term homesteader at that point it doesn't sound like um but more damning evidence was brought to the court such as evidence found in his possession at a later date okay what kind of evidence well it was matching ammunition that was used in the crime and was found under the seat of salary's car Interesting. Mm-hmm. According to the Canadian Press Dispatch, Dr. Wilfred Derome testified that the gun was found in Sowery's possession, and in fact, it was the same gun that fired the lethal shots through forensic analyst testing. So, yeah, a scientist has looked at it and was they like, did. yep, striations match or whatever that it yep. is that they do. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So for in that time of the age, they just used the science that they had, and they definitely tried to like match up. Interesting. To the gun. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, I used to watch a lot of CSI New York as a kid. And I just remember. Of course you did. Yeah, right. Um, that explains so much about me. Gary Sinise. Chef's kiss. Very Jewish. Melina Kanakarendras. Kanakarendras. Whatever. She's beautiful. Lovely. She's very, uh, yeah, just amazing. Um, but um, I remember uh, Stella, the character in the show, had this quote that I think Stella! about. Stella. Stella. Uh, she has this quote in the show where she's like, yeah, the striations are lining up like the Rockettes at Christmas or some mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I, was, yeah. I, I always chuckle. Um, anyway, what was his, um, you know, I'm curious, you know, Buddy's sitting in the trial or whatever. He's from Hythe, Alberta. The police are like, yo, you killed these two people. Mm-hmm. What was he like at trial? Was he like, was he like nervous or? No. So actually, interestingly enough, the Peace Block News at the time described him during his trial as, and I quote, showing wonderful calmness and presence of mind, not the appearance one expects to see in a brutal murderer. 
Were they expecting him to be sitting there with a bloody knife? I don't know. Uh, I think he didn't use a knife in the murder. But like, that's the thing. I always like shake my head at these things where I was like, wow, you can't believe he murdered somebody. It's like, do you expect it to be like manic all the time? Well, it's because we all have our own perception of what we think a murder would be. And we, I think, we, we calculate that from either what we've read, what we've seen, what we've been experienced, all of the experiences in our environment that tell us what a murder is. That's what we're going to think it is until we encounter something different and learn something different. Um, a loaded question. Do you think that with the obvious increase of people that, you know, uh, consume true crime mm-hmm. media, do you think that we're more well-versed in what a murderer may look like? Or do you think that it really depends on the person? Like, it, it's a unique case-by-case basis. I think that it actually does help us equip ourselves. Um, I just read a book by an FBI agent. It's called Dangerous Personalities. Okay. And the whole point of the book where he wrote it was so that the public can recognize these antisocial personality disorders and know what to look for and know how to, like, safeguard themselves. Right. Yeah. So I do think that, yes, okay, like, we've talked about the true crime is sensationalized. But there are points from it that we can gather that can actually help us in the future. Okay. So Sowery denied the claims. No surprise. And in court, he testified that on August 11th, he took his son who had a broken ankle from his home in Hythe by car to Puskupi Hospital. It was there at Puskupi Hospital that he met the four men who wanted a ride to Fort St. John for $3. Okay, two things. One, show me the son with the broken ankle. Two, Mm -hmm. $3? (laughs) Pardon me. My God, could so, you imagine? I can't even buy, like, I could barely buy a liter of gas for that. So this is my where I inserted a joke about, can we talk about inflation, it LOL? It sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I went, you know what, I? Uh, you know how there's always, like, an item that you buy where you look at it and you're like, wow, inflation's really bad. Mine has been Cliff Bars. <laughs> what I noticed was, like, Cliff Bars went from, like, I don't know, maybe, say, 250 no, but like I used to buy a box of them, right? Because I used to eat them for breakfast. Um, twelve. Yeah, they were like twelve ninety seven. Okay, they're like twenty bucks now. Yeah. And I, it was like watching an increase. So like inflation is nuts, you guys. I don't know. Like obviously they I all think, know. I'm sure they know. Well, I mean, for our Canadian listeners, I'm sure they know. British Columbia is pretty bad. Where probably Americans I mean, I, I had an Alberta right? come through at uh, my till once when I worked in retail, and he said, "Yeah, that's why they call BC bring cash." Yeah, and I was like, well. Yeah, but I, I, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. No, I could. Um, all right. Well, anyway, yeah, inflation sucks. I'm sure if there are any, any American listeners, they'd probably agree. Uh, inflation, the economy, am I right, guys? Am I right? Well, so I should, so I should also. came in and was like, hey, can I get a ride to Fort St. John? I gave you $3. And the guy was like, that's a deal. Well, remember how before I said that in court there were some bachelors that were testifying to his whereabouts? Mm-hmm. These are going to be those bachelors. Okay. Those are the people that were looking for the ride? Yes. Okay. So he said he gave a ride to them. The bachelors. Yes, the bachelors. But then his car broke down. And after an hour of trying to fix it, they just went on their own way. So the men decided to, like, leave. They were like, okay, this dude can't get his car fixed. But they took off. They just walked away. I don't know what happened, officer. They just walked But away. I guess, like, it's an hour drive now. So, like, yeah. they'd probably be pretty close, I think, at that point. I mean, it's a decent hike. It's a decent hoofing it. They're hoofing it. They're hoofing it hard. Well, Spencer, when his car wouldn't work, he ended up also gathering his belongings on his back and taking off on foot. He took it, like, how do we know that it's on his back? 
I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I feel like they take a lot of liberties. You they know? do. They really do. Well, he eventually reached the Babchucks. Oh. Witnesses actually corroborate that he stayed there at the Babchucks and at a neighbor's for a few nights. You think he just like couch surfed back and forth? Yeah, I guess so. People must have been pretty open to having strangers come into their homes. I think that at that time, like we really like, I feel like the internet has really destroyed us in a way that like we used to have, a, we used to be a lot more community based. But I think now, especially in Canada, like America has always been very individualistic, but I feel like Canada used to be a little bit more community focused. But now obviously we get a lot of, we get kind of lumped in with Americans because we're both in North America. Now we we're not North get... Canada. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, now we, we are in North fear Canada. People. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we have a very uh, intense stress on being individualistic, where back then I feel like it was okay for, you know, you'd be like, th- there'd be a guy that would show up and be like, oh my God, like, I don't have a place to stay. And they'd be like, oh, okay, you just crash on my couch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Witnesses co- uh, cor- uh, corroborate that he stayed at the Babchucks and at a neighbor's. Just going to say it is. I mean, I hate to use this, sus, Mm, that he stayed at this place, and then they ended up dead. Oh, exactly. And on the 16th of August, he went with the neighboring bachelors, those witnesses we were talking about, Mm -hmm. to Fort St. John to buy car parts. And they returned him to his car, which he fixed and drove to Arnett's store and took off on foot to look for land. So... We're going to have to give a little background here. So Arnett's store, actually, when I researched it, said Cecil Lake store now. Right. So sounds like they're in a store if you live in a rural community. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, these bachelors, they'd gotten a ride from him. His car broke down. He went to the Babchucks. He went back to get car parts to fix his car, et cetera. He's golden. Did he have a kid with a broken ankle in the back? That's the thing. I'm like, where... Where's the Where's child? Where's the kid? Where'd the kid go? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's bizarre. Like, because he's it like, is. oh, my kid with the broken ankle that I suddenly then forgot about for a while. Yeah. I don't know where this kid is. And so. Did he ever produce a child? Did he ever prove that he had a son? Yeah, Did you I don't find know. any record I of know. this child? Uh-uh. I didn't. Okay. That's weird. Well, <laughs> that's now I'm going to look into it. Well, so he did go to the Arnett store, which is, I believe, now the Cecil Lake store, and took off on foot for land. Okay. I'm guessing he was looking for his own land to create himself a little shack of his own. Emily, do you know who else, uh, who didn't take off on foot, was the kid with the broken ankle? (gasps) (laughs) He, He left him in the car. And then it also goes on to say that on the 17th and 18th, he was sleeping on a road and in the Fort St. John area. And... If you're in a car, Spencer, why are you sleeping on a road? Why why would you ditch that car at Arnett slash Cecil Lake store? And oh, he was like road? sleeping straight up on the road. That's what it said. It said that he was sleeping like because I would think when you said sleeping on a road, I assumed it was in his car. No, because he took off on foot. Oh, mm-hmm. have you ever slept in a car before? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always really cold. Like colder yeah. than you would think it would be. I did sleep in a car once and then the battery died and then it was oh, cold. Oh, yeah, that would be cold. Yeah. Um, all right. So he's just straight up sleeping on the road. All right, cool. Uh, don't do that if yeah. you don't need to. No, don't. And so around that time, it's the time that they believe the murders occurred. Right. Okay. Where he's conveniently sleeping on the road with no witnesses. Exactly. His alibi is far from secure. Not only that, but he- This is almost like that guy in the fur traders where he wrote his own alibi on, on a piece of bark. Yeah, I've- He's like, I did not do these murders. Or no, he, I did not steal these furs because I have the diary. Don't you see? I wrote that I wasn't there. I did not. 
steal those furs from that woman? (laughs) (laughs) I did not solicit those furs from a black bear or a brown bear. I I don't know. I don't. That's not what Bill Clinton sounds like. If anyone didn't know, that was a Bill Clinton reference. Um, but no, it, this this reminds me of that guy that straight up was just like produced diary things where it's just like, I was not at this location. It's like, well, how did you know that was the location? But it gets even better because Sowry actually claims to have seen a Russian man at this exact same time with a dark mustache in the area. And it's a little bit too good to be true. So not only so Sowry's in the area and witnesses are corroborating that he is in the area at the time of the murders. He's saying that he's parking a car and going off on foot at the time of the areas. And then... You mean the time of the murder? Yes. Sorry. Thank you. And then magically sees a Russian man with a dark mustache. But witnesses at the trial actually came forward and admitted that they too had seen this Russian man and had never seen him again. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I thought he just made him up. No. My God. Uh Uh-huh. Um... We'll never hear more about him, but... What? Really? We that's it? No, that's it. That's all That's all we got. That's all we got. It... That's messed up. Okay. So obviously, Sowry was indicted or whatever and got went on trial. Okay. How did that go for him? I know he's randomly producing a Russian man, which the others say that they saw, but mm-hmm. I mean, did they talk to him? How do they know he's Russian? There's a lot of questions that I have. So from the information that I could actually gather from uh, paying for subscriptions for newspaper articles hey first off stop that i'm sorry if i want to read a newspaper article from like a hundred years ago maybe just let me (laughs) sorry let me maybe let me you know well did salary do it or didn't he the court found him guilty and sentenced him to death at ocala prison i'm gonna google where that is it's in bc is it yeah so We've actually covered Ocala Prison in previous oh, episodes. Mm-hmm. That was the very first episode because that was where the kids that shot that guy in Dawson Creek about the comic book murders went. Yes. So that was that's in the Lower Mainland, isn't it? Yes. I want to say Richmond or Surrey, B.C. Burnaby. Burnaby, B.C. Is this not the place that turned into a lake? I think it was. I think it is. It absolutely No, it's right next to Deer Lake, which is actually right next to where I went to school at BCIT. Well, it's probably a lake now. It, it's a very beautiful lake if it is Deer Lake because it's quite nice. So Sowry was executed on August 14th, 1931, which I have to say, there is not a long time between the, the murders. They didn't have the wait in, list back then. No. So the murders would have happened in 1930, right? And it's quick. Yeah, he was executed in 1931. So super fast. I got to say, it's not taking a lot of taxpayers' dollars. You know, sure. I mean, it's I happening fast, but it's not also leaving room for a judicial system no, to take what place. If, what if somebody says, like, oh, yeah, by the way, the witness tur- turned out that they were, I don't know, on drugs or whatever. What if the Russian man was real? Exactly. We don't He's know. dead now. We can't ask yes. salary. Yes. And in the short story that I was um, telling you about before, uh, self-published by Byron's Slim. The $250 book. The 250 US dollar book. So I that's know. like what, 300 for us? Plus shipping. Ew. I know. That's so much. Was that mm-hmm. uh, Amazon? I, no, it was obscure. Oh, okay. I was like, there's a lot of Bezos, but Bezos didn't have No, money. Bezos had nothing to do with this. Believe it or not. So in Byron's short story, Sowery's last moments are as follows. And I quote Mike Sowery was aroused to eat his last breakfast and he glanced through the prison cell windows of Akala Prison Farm on a morning of glorious sunshine, such as that which greeted the happy Babchucks a year ago 
when they'd started out with such high hopes. He ate in silence and only broke it to reiterate his innocence. The cell door opened and a guard entered. Come on, salary, it's time. The hangman quickly put a hood over his head and the noose was fitted. A moment later, Mike Sowery would fall through the trap and pay with his life for the most brutal crime ever perpetrated in the peaceful community of Cecil Lake. He maintained his innocence until the end. Wow. He, they sure didn't pussyfoot around that, hey? No. Sentenced? Dead. Bye. It's like the next day. The uh, next just, day. I'm joking, but that's sad. I'm. It's only sad if he's actually, like, if it was actually the Russian guy, but like... Mm. There was, uh, yeah, it just seemed a little bit too convenient. There's probably 20 people in Cecil Lake, and yeah. 18 of them said that they saw him there yeah. and did it. And Bob's your uncle. Yeah, exactly. Houdini, no, yeah, you know what? It's probably, um, yeah, it's probably probably him. But anyway, geez, that's all I got to say. Willikers. Holy crap. Spencer, so to add to this, I'm actually going to drive. To Cecil Lake on Friday, and I'm going to go try and find the grave sites of Annie and Joseph Babchuk mm -hmm. in Cecil Lake. Oh. And i not excited in a way of like being excited, but I'm excited to try and f uncover that history and take some pictures. It's a history thing, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a little side note to my friend Christina, who doesn't listen. Yeah. Um, yeah, call her out. <laughs> Say so, her name. Yeah, so last week I had Christina over at my house and I was telling her about this. I was like, I'm so excited. I'm going to go to Cecil Lake on Friday mm -hmm. and I'm going to go look at these graves from this murder, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I said, like, oh, you want to come with me? She's like, yeah, totally. She's like, I want to go. Yeah, she's like, but it's not really the right time of year. Uh, yeah, because there's snow. And then I'm kind of confused though. I was like, well, I mean, I could bring a broom, brush off the snow, right? And she goes... You're just going to brush out the broom of every fucking grave site listen, that you're going to see? No. Listen, she goes, no, I mean, like, the ground's too hard, like, for digging. I she thought like, you were going to dig him up? She thought I was going to fucking dig up a grave. You were going to exhume a grave real quick? Not only did she think I don't I was think she going... understands the scope of what it is that you do. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Not only did she think we were going <laughs> to dig up a grave, but she was willing to come and do it. Like, this is the thing. Like, with her one-year-old child... She wanted to come grave digging with me. And that's when I knew that she was... I was about to say, yeah, I was like, get you a friend. Who she, uh, oh my goodness. I've got some friends that are moving and she's my replacement. Oh my she's, God. She's coming in hot. Oh my, yeah, I would say so. I mean, like, I don't have a kid, but like, I don't know if I would go to grave digging with you. Like, I love you, but like, I don't I, know. I sent her a couple text messages later on and she's like, um, excuse me, I'm offended. I would bring my own shovel. I'm like, oh. Okay. I love this friend. Um, all right. Well, time. get you a friend who will go uh, grave digging with you. Get yourself a friend. Get yourself a friend. All right. Well, that was a, an interesting story. It's very sad that we couldn't, you know, get any facts on yeah. the checks. Um, if, but maybe, you know, some listeners actually know some information. Well, you know, if you're related or you know anything about the Babchucks, please reach out to us uh, Reach out to us on Instagram. Yes. Uh, Secrets of the North underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. Emily, how can I find you? Well, huh? People really know how to find me, Spencer. Um, I'm you just e put a, uh, it's like a bat signal, but instead of a bat, it's, it's a, a butt. butt. Yeah, the I butt signal. It's E to the G. underscore G at, at Instagram. At podcast.com. Podcast.com. A to the G at podcast.com. And 
Come on. Have you had some people following you? No, actually. Okay. Uh, and another thing I'm going to note is actually that I'm trying to revamp my professional Instagram. So I'm okay. going to plug that instead of my personal one. Okay, do it. Um, so my professional Instagram is hall.spence on Instagram. Well, it looks like we have like about 500 Instagram followers. The latest is Kendall M nine two three eight for starting to follow our podcast. We're gonna follow you back. Nice, let's uh, do it. We have uh, a lot of more non episodes coming your way. We're hoping to talk about genealogy and, of course, how that has kind of changed solving crimes, especially cold cases. I'm very excited about that, actually. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to have a local musician join us, and we're going to talk a little bit about mental health and the bleed over of that, uh, pun not intended, uh, into the true crime community. And, of course, we have a bunch of other topics that I'm excited about. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Stay um, tuned. Anything else you want to say before we let these fine people get on with their lives? A little teaser that the next episode that I have up and running and researched is the Sarah Ford case of Taylor, British Columbia. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. The, uh, Dark, the accused in that one just got, I think, sentenced with manslaughter. We'll get into it. We will get into it. Uh, but that has been in the news recently. Mm -hmm. uh, so stay tuned for that. We're going to chat a little bit about that. Um, thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to everybody who downloaded. 5,000 downloads is way more than I thought we were going to get before we started this. Um, I thought it would be like, if I had 50, I'd be happy. I'd have a huge boner. Huge. So how big is your boner now? It's about six inches. Goddamn. Savage. Well, above average, actually. That is, a, that is above average. Is anyway, above on average. that note, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Emily, for being Emily, and um, make sure that you listen further. Love you all. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.